handle the truth. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Somebody felt compelled to hire a lawyer. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Come up with this independent study language. Insert it into a contract that Kyler Murray signed. The Rich Eisen Show. Who ordered the independent study code red? Earlier on the show, ESPN NFL insider Field Yates. Still to come, former NFL executive Joe Banner. Plus, creator and host of Somebody Feed Phil, Phil Rosenthal. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air here on Peacock, Sirius XM, Channel 85, both NBC Sports products. Also, we say hello to our terrestrial radio audience, our Odyssey listeners, our podcast consumers at the Cumulus Podcast Network, and anything you may have missed in hour number one with Field Yates in our conversation about quarterbacks most under pressure and what's going on in Carolina. And then, of course, the future of Jimmy G. I think it, it will wind up with a release uh, in San Francisco. Um, if you missed any of that, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Chris Brockman is in his usual spot, as now we also have Jason Feller in Mike hey. Del Tufo's spot, breaking up a 10-show streak. It's actually 12. 12. We miscounted. Oh, my gosh, a 12-show streak. That's almost like Cal Ripken for him. By the way, your hair looks great. I, I was told that by a, a consumer uh, caller just the uh, last, uh, last 15 minutes. <laughs> I think it does, too. <laughs> Um, and TJ Jefferson, hour number two. Good to see uh, you here as always. My streak is still intact. Uh, so, you're, you're, you, know. you really are like uh, uh, Garrig. I'm telling Big you, I'm, I'm Kyle Ripken Jr. You I'm, are. You're, you're, it's great to see you. It's always <laughs> um, a pleasure to be here. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show to kick off hour number two to talk about everything going on in the National Football League, certainly from a business point of view and then also an evaluation point of view, is one of the best to have, uh, to have done it. Um, and uh, former Philadelphia front office executive, Cleveland front office executive, um, and now keen observer of the game, joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, one of our favorites is Joe Banner. How you been, Joe? I'm doing great. Just want to join the uh, fan club of your hair. Thank you, sir. <laughs> it's uh, really all I've got, literally and figuratively. This is <laughs> I'm out of options. I'm, 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 I'm the first hair to have a fan club. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you, Joe. Um, let's jump right into it. When you first saw the independent study clause in Kyler Murray's contract, you thought of what? I must be misreading this. This must be a fake report. <laughs> How did this possibly happen? Um, you know, it's just hard to understand. I mean, the contradiction of $46 million a year and somebody you don't trust to work four hours a week, let's be clear, that's about 35 minutes a day. Um, so I don't understand it. And, you know, I watch his play, and, you know, he has strengths and weaknesses like most quarterbacks, but you don't look at it and say, wow, well, we're looking at somebody who doesn't seem to be at all prepared. So... I don't understand it. There's no chance it wasn't coming out. People worry about who leaked it. Well, there's lots of people like me, like you, members of the media teams. We're all reading every contract that comes out. But everybody knew this was going to create kind of a furor. And it must mean that they've tried everything else they could possibly do, and none of it worked. I mean, this, from my front office experience, none of this makes any sense whatsoever. And, you know, basically they humiliated the player for an unenforceable clause in a contract that we've never seen before. But in based on your evaluation of his play, you don't see somebody that that um, that needs more study time? Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I, listen, yes, you do. 
but is it to the degree that we would have been able to look at the tape and go, wow, this guy doesn't look like he's preparing at all? Because all they're asking for is four hours. I can't even tell you how minimal that is. There are quarterbacks that spend four hours a day, especially in the first half of the week, as they're studying the, the opponent. So it was such a small ask. I don't think that we're watching tape and going, wow, this guy is just so ill-prepared mentally that even a few hours, a few minutes a day is going to change the production. Now, that said, I'm not telling you that he's the quickest processor in the league. Um, some of that's still inexperience. You know, we've only seen him play for three years, and some of it probably does require some additional work. But if you said to me, just watch the tape and tell me of these ten players which one looks the least prepared, Kyle Murray's tape would not jump out at me. Mm. It would say, yes, he's got some work to do. He can improve, work harder, more experience. But I'm not sitting there going, wow, this guy doesn't look like he's preparing at all. That's not what I see, at least personally. So then why do you think it happened, right? Why do you think that's in there? Yeah, well, I, th- I think that uh, the, the insiders who are seeing him every day disagree with what I just said. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I don't know what else you could conclude. Um, but if that's the case, why are you giving him $46 bucks? You could easily wait a year. You could wait two years. In fact, in his situation, you could even wait three years. Um, if you don't truck his worth ec- work ethic... And then have you really done anything other than shame him publicly? Because this is not enforceable. I mean, who's tracking this? What case are you going to make? Uh, and by the way, if you take away, if the consequence is that the guarantee goes away, unless you're prepared to cut him, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> the salaries that are listed on the sheet, if he's still on the team, he still gets paid. He just has to worry about it a little bit more. So I don't make the guarantee sound irrelevant, but losing the guarantee does not mean he's cut. It just means he has to you know, live up to certain stanzas that he risks getting cut. Um, so for me, I just, I don't see the, the benefit of this. It's unenforceable. It's going to publicly shame the quarterback in a way that isn't productive. Um, and I don't know that a four hours a week can really fix the problem if it's as severe as needing to put that clause in makes it look. Former NFL executive Joe Banner here on the Rich Eisen Show. What did you think of the rest of the contract? And, you know, the independent study clause masks what I thought would 1,000% be the only thing we were talking about, the Kyler Murray contract once it came in, is was every dollar guaranteed in the same way that the Haslam family did for Deshaun Watson? And the answer wound up being no. So what's your take on the rest of the contract and the way it was formed in the the current climate of Deshaun Watson having every dollar guaranteed in his contract? Yeah, so my first reaction was the same as everybody's. The clause was just a stunning. I focused on that and finally got a chance to really look at, read the contract, break down all the details of it, and actually compare notes with a couple of people working for teams just to make sure I was looking at it properly. I actually think this is a good contract for the player. Um, the cash flow of the contract, if you look at New Year's, which I think is what most people is legitimate, is actually better than what Aaron Rodgers got. Over the first three new years of the contract, Kyle Murray's deal averages $49.2 million. Aaron Rodgers' contract averages 48.2. By the way, Deshaun Watson averages 46. Over the first three new years, Kyle Murray averages over $3 million more per year than Deshaun Watson. So I think that's, and, and the most important evaluation, most people would agree, is the value of those first three years. And now I'm talking first three new years because this contract can be made to look bad if you wanted to by factoring the two years that they still owned. I mean, the Cardinals still owned. Mm -hmm. But if we're looking at new years, I mean, I think that's a spectacular three-year average. I don't think he's even close to the player that Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson is or Josh Allen. By the way, Josh Allen's all the way down to $35 million average. uh, I'm sorry, $45 million average per year for the three years. So he's 
$4 million ahead of Josh Allen of comparing the first three new years. He's also got guarantees that are written so that they kick in a year earlier than the season they apply to. We're probably getting too technical for the listener, but that's a very favorable thing. Not as favorable as what Watson got, which is fully guaranteed with no question marks. But you're forcing a team to make a decision a year early and then still have the quarterback on the roster that they've basically said after this year we're done with you. So it's a really untenable situation for the team. So I use the term sometimes effective guarantee versus literal guarantee. There's quite a bit of effectively guaranteed money in this contract. In fact, I could see where the agents looking at it and arguing that the whole contract is effectively guaranteed. I wouldn't agree with that, but I do think it's effectively more guaranteed than the 160 and 105 numbers that we're hearing out there. Longtime executive Joe Banner here on the Rich Eisen Show. What do you think is going on with Lamar Jackson? Because he's next. What do you think's happening? You know, this is what's interesting about Lamar. Um, I'm not a big fan of players representing themselves, especially now that a lot of the agents are willing to charge a little bit less after the union kind of intervened in this a few years back. Um, but whether it's he's been really smart uh, or he just stumbled into it, um, he was really wise to wait till he's completed at least four years to do the deal. I mean, the market for him a year ago, assuming he's going to be in that couple of highest-paid quarterbacks, um, was meaningfully less than it is right now. I mean, that Aaron Rodgers deal doesn't, wasn't done. The Murray deal wasn't done. The Watson deal wasn't done. So the three top-paid quarterbacks deals have happened in the last year. So Lamar should get even a better deal than he would have a year ago. Um, and, you know, the only thing here is, is, is he um, interested in a Kirk Cousins path to really kind of play it out and test the market, a young star quarterback, totally free? Um, if not, I would say I think it's at the point where he's kind of maximized the value of waiting and the risk of uh, taking more time is getting larger than the benefit, and he should probably try to complete a deal this fall, I mean this uh, summer. And I think the Ravens badly want to keep him prepared to make him high paid, uh, but I think he's chosen actually to kind of slow play this for now. But my opinion is, in hindsight, that was very, very smart. But the time has now come to get a deal done. Joe Banner, former NFL executive here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's your read of what's happening with Jimmy Garoppolo and how it's going to play out from here, Joe? Uh, you know, they're, they're unfortunate for the 49ers that he got injured and that kind of depressed his ability to be in the market and receive any real compensation at the time that the other quarterbacks who moved this year were available. Um, you know, for me, I, I'd probably think higher of Garoppolo than most, although the fact that he struggles to stay healthy would scare me a lot. I'm not sure who the suitor is. I mean, I would say it should be Seattle or Houston or one of those teams, but they're acting like they're satisfied. They're certainly not going to pick up his contract, so he's going to have to renegotiate it. And I wouldn't rule out the possibility if he has to take a cut and go to a team that he may not be the starter at, that he stays there. I don't think that's most likely, but I think people are kind of crossing it off as a possibility. But the teams that in my mind need him the most, that he gets a chance to play quickly and can actually have an impact are Seattle and Houston. But they seem to think higher of their quarterbacks than uh, I certainly do, and many others do, at least if we trust the actions to be louder than words. Well, I, I do like Davis Mills, and you know, uh, a lot of evaluators um, believe that if Mills had stayed another year in Stanford, he would have been a top 10 pick. He would have been the first quarterback off the board before Pickett by a wide margin, and so I kind of believe that Houston wants to stick with him there. Seattle is another story, and obviously Seattle and San Francisco are in the same division. So do you think San Francisco might be hanging on to see if 
somebody gets hurt over the next couple weeks and thus they will have no choice but to go grab Garoppolo, a la Sam Bradford from back in the day. And then uh, if not, then they'll just have to release him, right? I mean, what does releasing yeah, him mean? No, that's exactly right. Those are, those are the choices, the chance of an injury. And you know, it's an injury of the team that isn't likely to be a contender. They're still not going to get a very big offer. And he's still going to have to adjust the contract. Now maybe it just converts things to incentives versus in base salary. Um, but really, that's a real long-shot strategy. But they have nothing to lose by waiting a few weeks here and seeing if it plays out. The fact that they appear to have had a cordial meeting with them in the last couple of days makes me think that they came to some understanding, like, listen, give us a little time to see if we can get some value. We'll collaborate with you on where. Uh, and if it doesn't happen, you know, we'll either discuss a pay cut and you stay here or we'll uh, release you because there's nothing else they can do. There's no guaranteed money in the deal. Um, you know, unless they want to pay him $25 million, which would be a terrible long-term move. They have cap challenges as we look forward. Um, I would not think it wise to waste that much money on a quarterback that they've announced isn't their starter. So I think the chance of being released is actually the most likely case. And I think you're right about Houston, by the way. And I think the reason he fell, Mills fell in the draft was more about injury fear than it was about talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's a race just because he stayed healthy for one year. So I still view them as a team that uh, should be protecting themselves long-term as a quarterback, even though I agree with you, Mills played well. He has talent. He would have been higher draft if it wasn't for the physical limitations. Joe Banner making us smarter here on the Rich Eisen Show. NFC West also home uh, to two very talented holding-in receivers. The hold-in seems to be... A newfangled thing now, Joe. How does how does a team handle that, and how do you think the Niners and the Seahawks are going to deal with Debo and DK, respectively? Well, they should find a way to get a deal done with both of them. <laughs> you know, I was actually part of the team representing the league of the 2011 CBA negotiations when the amount of fines, the consequences of holding out, you know, when you were allowed to do a second contract all changed in a way that was very favorable to the team. So it was, I think it was one of the undiscussed areas in which the union could have done a better job. And we anticipated on the league side that that would eventually lead to players reporting to camp, but not really effectively reporting to camp and participating the way they should. But we could not think of any strategy or fine or policy or rule that could prevent that. Because, you know, how do you tell the difference between the players that's legitimately hurt? You can be very suspicious, but you can't really prove it. So you really have something that's pretty unenforceable, and the players are smart enough. Well, I can report. We've seen this now. I think Jalen Ramsey was the first one that did it so you know openly, in which it seems really obvious that it was really an attempt to you know use his leverage and, and his power uh, to get the result that he was hoping for. But I think we're going to just see more and more of this. I mean, the players in in all sports are uh, feeling more emboldened and recognize the, the leverage they have. And I don't know. There's no way the 49ers aren't a massively better team with Debo and worked with Kyle Shanahan for a short time. I guarantee you he really values that and appreciates that and recognizes it. So maybe they have to overpay a little bit, but they got to get a deal done. And, you know, it's it's, it's going to be worth it. And then what about... They have a million dollars, one or two million dollars in a cap that's about to be $250 million. Not I, worth it. I agree. I agree. But what about DK? I mean, what do you think Seattle's plan is here? We were already talking about how they might jump on Jimmy G just a week before the season, if that actually is a, a possibility, um, because we don't believe that Locke and Gino's a long-term answer. I mean, Pete Carroll um, is 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 still there. He, he's not there to, to rebuild. I mean, he 
what do you think the plan is there with DK and and do you think it's possible they trade him or they they should sign him and and move forward? What do you think? I mean, for there, maybe the answer there is as I look out two or three years, which I think is the earliest point at which they have a chance to be real, legitimate, objective mm-hmm. contenders to make the playoffs and even maybe have a chance to make a little bit of run. Do you see him as an integral part of that team two to three years from now? If the answer is yes, unless his expectations are just so unreasonable you can't accommodate him, I'd say the same thing. Get the deal done. I mean, he's a top-tier player in a position that's become more valued. I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's what the league says. Uh, get it done. Now, you know, I can see where they feel like, you know, listen, this year is kind of a reorientation of our roster and our team, our style of play, changing some coaches, even though we didn't change the head coach. Um, so they're probably not feeling the same sense of urgency with a team like the 49ers that has a real chance to compete in the immediate future. But, you know, I, I don't know in this era if you can't see yourself in two or three years really valuing him and thinking he's a clear number one wide receiver and an integral part of what we've rebuilt, then now is the moment. You've got to get the deal done now. There's no point in going through the aggravation and the stress and testing his resolve, which, by the way, won't last that long because the consequences of holding out I have been increased dramatically, but then you just got a disgruntled player, and one presumably you're still want to sign in a month or two or a year. Why just not get it done and avoid all the negativity? Last one for you, Joe Banner. Uh, why do you think we haven't gotten a ruling from Sue L. Robinson, the independent um, judge that is trying to um, figure out Deshaun Watson's punishment, if there is any, what it is, if there is? What, what do you think is happening? There, Joe. Well, I'm hoping the answer is that she's being really careful. I mean, this is a important case. It's going to send a very important message. It's going to get highly discussed and debated in the public. And, you know, I do think that the league is trying to do a better job following a horrible record of dealing with issues around the, you know, mistreatment of women in general and just the sensitivity to where we are in today's world as we should be. Um, so I'm hoping she's being really thorough, that we're going to get a very lengthy, uh, not just ruling, but explanation. Uh, and truthfully, you know, I've been fairly close to this. It's very hard for me to say what I think the right answer is. I suspect that as she looks at the different cases and precedents, that it doesn't just scream, here's the answer. It screams kind of, here's the range. And then it becomes very hard to look at any precedent to clearly, well, is it six games, eight games a season? No, that's, that's very great to me. So I, I suspect she's saying, geez, I wish it was more precedent to guide this ruling. And since it is going to be important and precedent-setting, I need to be thoughtful, and then I have to write something that is very in-depth and very clear on why I ruled what I did. So I'm hoping that's what's going on. She has a reputation of being a very sharp, detailed, thorough person. So I'm hoping that that's what's going on and we'll actually get to know pretty soon. What did you think of the union's approach that, hey, you know, many owners have uh, run afoul uh, and nothing was really done about that. And so why is Deshaun Watson going to get hit here? What did you think of that uh, general yeah, approach? So I've, I've, they're right. <laughs> Let's not pretend otherwise. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it really impacts Deshaun. Um, it's it's somewhat different than all the other cases, which is why I say I don't think there's an easy precedent to look at, you know, well, here's how these three guys were treated or these three owners were treated. So I don't think it's so easy to just say these are the same things and therefore translates. So I don't know if it matters in the Watson case, but it's certainly a valid point, especially since the league chose to 
actually claim that the owners and team executives be treated even more harshly than players for the same offense. That absolutely has not happened. Um, so I'm glad they're calling attention to it, and I think it's something that should be dealt with differently going forward. I don't know how relevant it is to exactly how many weeks Deshaun ends up missing. Joe Banner, you're the best, man. Thanks for taking my call and wanting to come on here and just, like I said, making us smarter and more knowledgeable. You you be well, sir. Look for more of my phone I calls. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Be well yourself. Right back at you. That's Joe Banner. I follow him on Twitter, at JoeBanner13. You should as well. The man has so many insightful things to offer. What leaps out at you there, Christopher, from what you just heard from him? What leaps out at you? Uh, I, I, the thing that leaps out at me is him saying that maybe the Niners hold on to Garoppolo. How can you say it's Trey's team? We have moved on, right? And then see, now I was still always have him there. I, I, I that's like, I've been I, in that camp for a long time, right? Just as insurance, and I think it's gotten to the point now where you can't really keep him around. It's it's kind of like how he was in New England. You can't be paying your backup more than you pay your starter. That's just it's just kind of ludicrous, and it's just kind of a bad look, right? So. You're not going to find a trade partner at this point for him, so you're you're forced to just kind of eat it and cut him. But to keep him, to keep him around after all of this, after you've already handed the keys to Trey Lance and said this is his team publicly now, as we've assumed it's been said privately for months and months now, but to say it publicly like they did this week, I think you got to cut bait. It's yeah, just like I in the so. same way that Belichick sent Cam Newton packing right away. Last year. Yeah. If you're going to go with Mac, there's no reason to have the veteran there exactly. around if he's been your starter and he expects to be a starter and has the pridefulness of a starter. There's no real reason to have that person around if you feel the training wheels are off your young quarterback enough that that is a standalone opportunity for you without that veteran there. I think Belichick clearly made that right move and just saying, Cam, thanks for everything. We know we resigned you, right. but that's it. We got Mac here, and we're going to go with him, and we're gonna, just going to go with him. We can't have him looking over his shoulder wondering right. if he makes a bad play Correct. or a bad throw. Can't or, have it. Won't can't have it. Have, am I getting pulled now for Cam right. Newton? Can't have it. Right. And you can't have that with the 49ers right now. They, they can't do it. They've made this decision. I mean, I think I saw... Uh, um, Lewis Riddick say that he's taken Trey Lance to win MVP this year. So if that's the situation, you can't have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster where if, I mean, Trey's going to have bad games and you can't be wondering, am I going to get benched now because Jimmy's still here? And even if Lance gets hurt, the guy who gets in there needs to just understand you're an understudy. Yeah, we're not going to have a temporary position right. for you. It, no matter how well you play, yeah. it's not your gig unless TJ Jefferson wants to rag on me for Mike White. Then he, then, 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 <laughs> then it's a different story. He led you to your first win. Thank That's you. all I was saying. Right, <laughs> he also said Joe Banner something about Kyler Murray's Mike contract White that leaps out at me. I want to hit that. Also, <laughs> I've got a top five list of the top five most impactful players returning from injury in 2022. That is. We have as well. Don't move. 844-204-RICH is also the number to dial. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Kyler Murray is speaking as we speak right now, and he is not happy. Um, and uh, we will turn around those sound bites as fast as we possibly can. Maybe we'll have it for the top of hour number three, if not beforehand. So stay tuned for all of that. And that's when I'll I'll hit a little bit more on what um, Joe Banner was about to say was saying about um, the Kyler Murray contract. And he said something that really intrigued me. We'll hit that all together when we can get the sound bites. Man, seeing these quotes, that. good for Kyler Murray. Then why'd you sign the contract? with that clause in it because it guarantees you know 160 million dollars but why sign it if you don't need it well if you're doing it anyway then what's the big deal you know what i mean if he's this, all re- this is the big deal the discussion this is the big deal yeah so it's definitely made him look bad this week oh you think so again we'll we'll hit that a little bit more when when uh when we when we can play for you what he's got to what he's got to say uh, let's go to Al in Atlanta here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Al? Good morning, Rich. Good morning, How you been? Alan. How are you? I'm all right. All right. Just got a couple things that are grinding my gears. About three of them. My uh, Yankees not help. My, my Yankees not helping out your Braves. Is that what you're yeah, saying? They have one job. They have one job. Yeah. The best well. team in baseball. Best record. Put TJ's Mets in their place. Allow my Braves to catch up a little bit. I mean, granted, the Braves. Didn't really help themselves, getting mollywopped two out of three times by the Phillies. But I thought at least for sure we'll be tied coming out of this, this you know, break, little, little season thing. But no, I get, I get nothing. It was painful. Well, uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I wish my Yankees had beaten TJ's Mets, but the TJ's Mets were the better team over the last two nights. That's for darn sure. Please believe it. They had the better pitching. They had the more timely hitting. And um, last night, my guy, Judge, 
came up in so many high leverage situations and struck out three times and the Yankees couldn't get uh, Pete Alonso out until his, I believe, sixth at bat of the series. So there's that. I mean, you know, Scherzer. Yeah, we ran into yeah. Scherzer. A couple Max Scherzer is really good at baseball. Painful. He is. Thanks for the yeah, call out. Really Thanks for the call out. Appreciate it. Meanwhile, uh, as soon as the Yankees lost last night, it was uh, reported and then announced that the Yankees have acquired Andrew Benatendi, the mayor, former mayor and uh, for the Red Sox, Love is now and now he's on the Royals and an All Star uh, appearance this year for Kansas City. He uh, he's been acquired three pitchers the Yankees sent from their single A system. Because well, Ben Attendee's a, a free agent. So this is a rental. Oh, I see, I see. This is a rental, and uh, as of now, it does not appear that he is vaccinated. So that means when the Yankees go visit Toronto in September, he cannot go. And heaven forbid the Yankees play Toronto in the playoffs. That would be particularly dicey, unless he's going to, as uh, to use the Pulp Friction phrase, get the shot. Maybe he's going to get the shot. But what Ben Attendee does for this Yankees lineup is uh, return Matt Carpenter to a spot start, bat off the bench uh, status. I believe his Kevin Moss run is over. Um, And and, uh, that further relegates Joey Gallo into... Um, insignificant. And say, he going to get D- DFA'd or what? I don't think so. I think, I mean, I, I it just looks to me, again, I, I've, we've never had Gallo on this show. I've heard from people uh, who cover the Yankees and in New York that he's a delightful human, mm-hmm. but um, clearly he's not cutting it in New York City. Clearly he's, you know, not cut for this moment. And, um, and Ben Attendee's average is double his. So... When uh, uh, Stanton comes back healthy, and let's just say October hits, uh, Yankees will have LeMahieu first, Judge second, Rizzo third, Stanton fourth, Ben Attendee fifth maybe, Glaber Torres sixth. I mean, Jose Trevino is an all-star catcher, uh, Kiner Falefa, and um, the bringer of rain, Josh Donaldson. That's your nine. Now if I'm Cashman, I go get Luis Castillo. Mm-hmm. And then maybe offer the Cubs what they want to ha- hear for to get Dave Robertson back for the Yankees because they lost Michael King in their pen. And then you can go to battle and hope everyone's healthy, including Severino. Because the Astros right now are the better team, even though they just got swept by the A's. Go figure that. I know, so weird. <laughs> Baseball, man. Go figure that. But the Mets look terrific. Dodgers can't lose. You know? And it looks like the Cardinals or the Padres are the current front runners for Juan Soto. Now, here's a deal with Soto. He's got two and a half years wow. left on his contract. So basically, you're getting somebody who's got the who's incredibly talented, like generationally brilliant. During the broadcast last night on ESPN of the Yankees-Mets games, they showed, I don't know who comes up with these numbers about what, you know, where you could compare and contrast players from different generations Soto's number of like expected average, who the hell knows anymore? I don't know what it is, but he was on par with like Ted Williams, Willie Mays, like serious names in the history of the game. But the conundrum with him is if you acquire him now, let's just say, let's just say you're the Tigers and want to make a run at him or the Rangers, you're the Rangers, you want to make a run at him. And 
he would hear that and he'd be like, I don't really want to sign long term there. So do you give up fewer prospects for him because you don't know if you can sign him two plus years from now and Scott Boris comes at you? And does that mean the Nationals won't accept your offer because he's worth more than what you're willing to give because you don't know if you can sign him long term? Now, if you're the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, uh, Cardinals, even the Padres who have Tatis there, Soto, I don't think you need to sell him over the next two years either. But you never know, right? Like, he could bolt. What if you give up your four best prospects for him and he right. leaves in two years? Two year what rental. a disaster. Yeah, it's not great. Not so I idea. don't know. It, is it possible the Soto trade is unworkable right now? And that's what I think is holding up quite a bit in this trade deadline market. Because are you players for Soto or not? Is he available or not? You don't want to trade your best prospect right now because you could get Soto for it. So there's that's one big, huge-ass domino that may not even fall. So I thought it was wise of Cashman to go and get Ben Attendee right now. Get him. And... You know, that human strikeout walk or home run that Joey Gallo is you're replacing with a much more versatile hitter. My two cents on that subject matter. Just looking at Joey Gallo, his baseball reference page is just amazing. So he has 170 career home runs and a career average of 201. No one has more home runs with a worse average, right? I, I heard Dan talking about this on the way in to work two days ago. The Mendoza line, which we grew up mm-hmm. knowing about. Mm-hmm. For those of a younger generation, there was a baseball player named Mario Mendoza who hit 200. And if you were above the Mendoza line, you could stay in the major leagues. If you were below it, you are in the minor leagues. And Dan asked, is the Mendoza line a, a, a decent average now? And that's a legitimate question. Joey Gallo's batting a buck 60. Anytime you watch any Major League Baseball game now, and at least one, if not two hitters, is hitting in the teens. 190, 180. Somebody's coming up. Mendoza career average of 215. Well, right now, that's a Major Leaguer. Your guy Escobar, who the Yankees couldn't get out from the right side. I mean... Judge, I mean, uh, Boone bringing in Wandy Peralta on his birthday, by the way. Different birthday experience than Scherzer's last night. Yeah. Wandy Peralta, they bring him in in the ninth inning, and Escobar is a much better hitter from the right side. He he hits a leadoff double, winds up scoring game over. That guy, Escobar, last night, what's his average? He's like hitting, he's hitting like 219, 218. What is he? And he was a good hitter for the Mets this past series, these two games. Well, I mean, you talk about a guy who's really falling off a cliff in that in that regard is uh, Max Muncie. He's just in a horrible slump. He's hitting 158. Escobar's hitting 220 now. Dude, how about that? The Dodgers have the best record in the National League. If the Yankees keep playing 500 and the Astros keep losing to the A's like that, the Dodgers will have the best record in baseball soon, and they are carrying a guy who hits... 150 gets a hit 15 percent of the time and a former mvp in cody bellinger who's right on the mendoza line himself 
Again, that's baseball. And again, what's the what's the running theme here about lefties? The running theme about lefties like Gallo and Muncy and Bellinger, just for just as a for instance, two hundred five Bellinger. You know what year. the you know what the you know what the answer is, and I know I'm sounding like Scott Boris here. The shift, the shift is biased against left-handed hitters. You don't see your second baseman standing in short left field when there's a right-handed hitter up. You always see the second baseman standing or the third baseman standing in short right field when the lefty's up. Get rid of the shift. You want to move the pitch clock along. I guarantee you, you won't see hitters hitting 160, 150 anymore. And the game will be much more interesting with a better pace to it. All right, we'll take a break here on the Rich Eisen Show. The top five NFL players returning for injury that will have the most impact in 2022. Let's see if your team's on that list. That's next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Kyler Murray talking still to come. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network. All right, Kyler Murray has spoken. We're going to play that uh, soundbite for you, or his two cents on his independent study clause. Um, At the top of the next hour, Phil Rosenthal, uh, creator of Everybody Loves Raymond and star of the hit show Netflix's Somebody Feed Phil. Uh, He's here in studio, hour number three. We'll have a fun conversation there. So... Uh, I've got a I've got a top five list for you. Well, due respect, TJ, you've got your big ass grab bag tomorrow. Yes, but I, I've decided to rank in my mind the top five players in the NFL returning from significant injury that's going to have the biggest impact. So, the top five most impactful returning from injury players of 2022 in the NFL. I would like some NFL films music to get me in the mood to get us through this top five list and i appreciate that let's go all right number five on this list is close to home for me um you all need pass rushing in this league and certainly if you've got uh a young secondary like the jets have 
I know Sauce Gardner hasn't given up a touchdown since high school, um, but it certainly helps if you have a pass rush that can get home. And that is exactly what the Jets have been missing significantly. Number five on this list is uh, Carl Lawson, who blew out his Achilles last year. We have not seen Carl Lawson since he was a Bengal in 2020. The Jets signed him in free agency to pair him on the same line with Quinn and Williams and go hunt. Like he did in 2020, he led all defensive linemen with 32 quarterback hits. Robert Sala calls him a freak. He's come back, and it looks like he's all the way back from blowing out his Achilles last August. He's a 27-year-old kid from Auburn, and he may be one of the most impactful players if the Jets can get him rushing the passer and Sauce Gardner covering it on the back end, and the offense does what it's supposed to do. I think he is one of the top five players that can have the biggest impact returning from injury. And the, to make this list, you've got to have missed the entire season, if not pretty damn near most of it. So he's number five on this list. Number four on the list is a guy who the Jacksonville Jaguars chose in the first round of last year's draft and paired him with the first overall pick in last year's draft. A first-rounder from last year's draft who had a Liz Frank injury in the second preseason game. Travis Etienne. Mm -hmm. He is back, and he looks all of that plus the biscuit. Yes, he does. And he even said this about his role in this offense. Now, Doug Peterson's offense. Peterson. That he said he wouldn't mind if he played a Debo Samuel role. Now, he's a running back who can catch it out of the backfield. Then you're like, okay, you're a running back. What do you mean? Debo's not a running back. He's a wide receiver who plays running back. Debo is six foot two sixteen. Travis Etienne is 5'10", 215. So he can pack a wallop, maybe not as big and tall as Debo, but he is a 25th overall pick of last year's draft who we did not see at all last year. And uh, he's also... Uh, tight with the quarterback as you know college days this was uh etn crashing uh trevor lawrence's press conference just a couple days ago how does it feel to have etn in the backfield <laughs> <laughs> drawing, yeah. drawing his his gloves with your uh towel again i didn't miss that i'm gonna have to wear an extra towel because he's always taking my towel but no it's great to have my guy back uh been together for a while missed him last year just excited to have him back he's gonna add a a uh, very explosive element to our, our offense. Uh, it's going to help us a lot. And just get, getting back to some winning around here. So we're excited. I kind of dig it. The leading rusher in the history of the ACC, by the way, yep. is coming back from injury. We haven't seen him play a single NFL down yet. I'm looking forward to that. Number three on the list of most impactful players returning to action uh, from injury is Jeff Akuda of your Detroit Lions. I mean, this kid from the Ohio State, He blew out his Achilles in the first game last year, and he is back with no limitations. You're going to see him on hard knocks. The coach loves him. Wouldn't that be interesting if the uh, roar gets uh, restored by this kid on the back end from Scarlet and Gray and uh, the Maize and Blue kid up front getting home fast and Adrian and Aiden Hutchinson to get Jeff Okuda more picks thrown his way. Everybody talking about the Lions being better than you think. This is one reason why he's coming back to injury. I think he's going to have a significant impact on Aaron Glenn's side of the ball. That's number three. Number two, 
is another Buckeye. This guy, now, the, 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 there's question if he's going to be ready for the season. He has made uh, it sound like as he will be. But what is J.K. Dobbins going to look in this Ravens offense? He blew out his knee. Remember, it was him and, and uh, Gus Edwards. on back, the, Like back-to-back back days. Mean, what a brutal day in uh, late season um uh, of all, like, late preseason last year, right before the beginning of the season, J.K. Dobbins, if he comes back on time, and I think he he will, but once he does get back and starts rolling, this offense will be far more significant, especially if we're not going to get much of a passing game out of Baltimore again from the wide receiver position. But J.K. Dobbins, I think, is terrific. He can wear you out. He can be one of the best running backs in this league like he was in the Big Ten. And I think um, the sky's the limit for him. I hope he is as healthy as the Ravens hope, and he says he is, because that makes him number two on this list of the most impactful players returning to injury. And again, uh, there's a theme here. There's a theme here, and um, I don't have a problem with it. As you know, I speak my piece here. It's from the heart. It's from the gut. Because number one's a Buckeye on this list, too. Can't guard Mike when he's that good. Can't guard Mike when he is that good. And let's see if Michael Thomas is still as good as the guy that caught everything from Drew Brees and broke records and is one of the best at the wide receiver position when he is healthy. And he is back. He returned to practice on Tuesday for the first time in 18 months. A year and a half it's been since he's back with the New Orleans Saints with the Florida Lee on the side of the helmet. Clearly, we'll see if Jameis is the guy and as good as we hope he can be. But Michael Thomas can easily be far and away, despite how talented the rest of this list is, the most impactful player returning from injury in 2022 in the National Football League. That's my list. And did you see Mike Thomas's tweet yesterday? No, I did not, sir. <laughs> I did not. He, he what wrote, was it? Y'all favorite fantasy doctor lied and then had the Pinocchio face. <laughs> Meaning that he's not going to be back in any way. Meaning he's not going to be ready for the start of the season or he's not as good as he once was. Yep. So. It's not a lie. Thank you. If you believe it. So, you know, I was thinking of putting Christian McCaffrey on this list, but he, he did play, you know, almost a quarter of the season last year. I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted guys who didn't play at all last year or were barely like Okuda, barely played. Yeah. You know. I like that Travis Etienne one, too. I'm trying to decide if I want to keep him in fantasy this year. What are your choices? It's basically him, Cam Akers, and Chris Godwin. Okay. So two of the three. I can keep two of those three. I know who I would keep. Who would you keep? I don't know. You got to keep Cam Akers. I th- yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a no-brainer. I'm trying he's to decide, the no-brainer. Decide between Godwin and do and I roll if, the dice with ATN? And if Godwin's back, I mean, how do you not go with Chris Godwin? If he's back and you see there's no limitations, and you'll see in, in preseason, yeah. you'll hear, we'll know. We'll know by the time. When do you have to let everyone know? Uh, drafted in a couple weeks. Oh, so you got you to gotta know by the draft. Yeah, three weeks. Mm. Yeah, three weeks. Mm. Drafts at my house again this year. Oh, it is. Because the Rams won the Super Bowl. Oh, so everyone's coming here. Right. Okay. Going to have everyone here, huh? Everyone in my house, yeah. Then there's still no time limit? 
have we have not we have we still we're no still time. drafting. Still no time. How many teams? Fourteen teams. Fourteen. Teams. Fourteen teams. <laughs> I mean, what a nightmare! Fourteen teams. That's a nightmare alone, right? It's a lot. It's a lot. How many? How many guys do you draft? Fifteen. Oh my God! So there's nothing left in the waiver wire at all. No, it's a slim pickings usually oh God. throughout the year. All right, so. Yeah. You can't even, like, a waiver wire is basically insignificant. Yeah. You'll hardly, if you desperately need somebody, get somebody to replace. Yeah. You, okay. You pretty, you pretty much have to draft wisely. Pretty much. And then there's no time limitation on how long it takes for somebody to pick. Yeah, I know. Wow. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, we've been talking about this for 10 years. But, but why yes. won't they change? Like, aren't there enough people with lives to get to? Uh, I think for the people with no lives, this is their one break from that non-life. So they're interested in spending as much time as they can. Well, I mean, it sounds like the minority is ruling. sounds like America. Those were your words. That was my my words. Yeah, I don't think that's how America works. Is that right? That's how it's working at the moment. I don't think so. I I didn't mean that minority. (laughs) (laughs) clearly (laughs) (laughs) to be clear phil rosenthal coming up so yeah cam Akers is a bust i think he's going to be cam Akers is a bust. can i just say something real quick about the um defending world champs sure no one's talking about them either this is los angeles bias in the national meeting in terms of just not talking about them or yeah 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 if this was the patriots that's all we'd be talking about Uh, if this was the giants Forget it. If this was the Cowboys, oh my God, you'd be talking about this team. So why don't we do that? Why because they're the Rams. About because the Rams, they're the Rams. Because, the because it's Los Angeles. That's why. Yeah, but we could change that. We That's why to... I'm 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 doing it right now. Let's go. We ask about... ask most teams. Ask most fan bases. Would you take Sean McVay if you could to have him as your coach? Oh, I mean, how many teams would probably not take? Sean Would you McVay? take Aaron Donald? They have they have potentially the best wide receiver. Best coach and best defensive player of the last 20 years on it. And they've retained most everyone else. What's not to love? But I bet you, if you ask most people, such a who's fun got game. a shot to win it all this year based on, just put this on a poll question. Who's got the best chance to win the Super Bowl out of the opening night participants? Do you think the Bills would win seven out of every ten votes right now? You think the Bills are seven would win seventy thirty? Bills would win seventy thirty. Uh, maybe right? maybe sixty five, something like that. Yeah, right around there. Yeah, put up, put up, and I might turn out to be one of them in the end, just because merely it's so difficult to repeat. Like we have still have not seen it. Since years one and two of NFL Network, and this is year 19, season number 20. Isn't that amazing? We came out of the box on NFL Network, and it was the repeat champions. And uh, it was the Patriots in back-to-back years, beating the Panthers and the Eagles in back-to-back years. That's the last time that happened. And just so that alone, we're, we're, we're overdue. Stafford's terrific. Come on now. They got Bobby Wagner on top of it. Honestly, if the Cowboys had... Let's just say Dez Bryant back in the day. Mm-hmm. Dez had a season like Cup, okay? And, um, you know, 
Jason Garrett was viewed as the the brilliant young coach, like McVay was viewed. Well, he was at one point. And Romo, Romo was like that journeyman who finally broke through. Right? Forget it. We're back in a minute. 